0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome in the Castle Lane Spare Time Bowling Show here on 1057 FM. The fan in studio this week. Everybody is back. He is Phil Brilo, fresh back from Japan.
2: No, no, no. Castle Lane's last. Oh, Castle New Lane. Year's Eve, when yeah. When were you in Japan?
1: Weren't you in Japan?
2: No, Japan's coming up at the end of the month. Oh, I'll be there.
1: Oh, 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 oh. Okay. We'll
2: actually be wrapping up that tournament in Japan uh, when you guys start your show Sunday morning here. So I can, when? Next week? No, uh, 27th. 27th. So of the three month. weeks from today. <laughs> gotcha. Okay.
1: So that is Phil Brillo. Also with us is Dwight Albrecht, uh, again in the Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. You were promoting the big New Year's Day deal that you guys had mm-hmm. going on. How did that go?
3: Well, I guess it was a very big, good success, unfortunately. I was in the <laughs> hospital most of the day because right. my mom had a mini-stroke. Correct. So, um, but I How's she doing? Good. Good. Um, good. Yeah, she's back. Uh, we, we had her back to the nursing home uh, later that afternoon. And they, they call it a TIA or a mini-stroke, but she's doing good. I saw her yesterday, and the and, uh, family doctor says the older you get, the more you're going to have of those. So, so you're looking but, forward to
1: getting older? Uh, no, no I'm no, no, I I looking forward to getting older than old? no, me either. No. <laughs>
3: but uh, I guess it was a great success and and a great tournament and a lot of people turned out for it. So
1: sweet. How was Castellanes for you then last weekend? good
2: uh midwinter high school classic in ninth year that we've had that down there with Phil and Patianko and uh, full field on the boys' side and only a couple teams sure on the girls' side. Great high school bowling action, a lot a different format than these kids see the rest of the year with match play and qualifying and brackets and so no baker? Oh, it's all Baker. All Baker. Yeah, they. Uh, but best of three matches, you lose, you're out, you keep moving through the bracket as the tournament goes so on. So how long did that take, then? Uh, we started at 10 a.m. We got done right about five with the TV tapings. Oh, man, that's a so, long day. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of editing. Kids that made the TV earned it, no doubt about that. So, I mean, when you start with 22 teams and work your way down the final four, it uh, it takes a while. But it was yeah. a lot of fun, a lot of good matches. We had teams from all over the state. We had teams from Green Bay that came down. We had uh, a team from Oosburg, uh, uh, Monona Grove. So we had some teams from uh, all over the state come down and, and and try their luck down here. But, you know, once again, you get these teams in southeastern Wisconsin. And it, it's so strong with some of these, you know, legacy teams out Indian Trail, Uh, Made the show on the boys' and girls' side. Uh, Indian Trail, one of the strongest girls' teams in the state. They're out of Kenosha. uh, Yep. And then uh, Kenosha-Tremper made it on the boys' side as well. So, uh, and Racine Park on the girls' side. So, uh, lots of of good when that show airs in a couple of weeks on TV, it's going to be a lot of quality bowling action you don't want to miss on Spectrum Sports, no doubt about it.
1: No, So, Phil is a busy bug as always. All right. So, uh, that show last week, I don't think. I mean, you know this. Have we ever had multiple ties on a TV show in the PBA? I believe that was a first.
3: You ever remember it? I don't ever remember two in one show, no. But I, I thought, you know, you're going to look at so, me and say that you're, you know, I'm nuts again. But I I thought it was one of the greatest shows of the year. So, I,
1: you know, I had a moment. Okay. I'll tell you what my moment was, and you will laugh. And we'll go over it more in detail. But the first one between Troop and Sanders, right? So he leaves. What did he leave? 10-pin or whatever it was. 10-pin, yeah. 10-pin on that uh, second ball in the 10th or whatever. So it said E for even. And I'm I'm watching it back. I wasn't watching it live. I'm like, okay, so he picks this up. It's over. So he picks it up. I fast-forward. And I'm like,
0: wait a second.
1: Uh, How's true bowling? Sanders picked it up. What the heck happened? Was there some kind of controversy? So then I'm like, I better rewind it again. So I rewind it again. I watch it again. And I was like, oh. It was even if you picked it up. That that's what the even meant, dummy. And you know better than that, stupid. Um, so, anyways, all right. Let's let's talk about that. Troop Sanders. Uh, in that first match, dude. What about his hair, man? Do you
3: wish you had his hair, Dwight? Well, I don't think that's his hair every day, correct, Phil? You're around him all it's the time. Pretty
2: much, yeah. Last year in Indianapolis, or a couple of years ago in Indianapolis, <clears throat> he actually switched to cornrows for a week, and that didn't last long. He didn't bowl well there. But that's his hair pretty much every day. Hmm. Yeah. So sometimes he doesn't pick it out to the full fro, but oh, well, I, I think Sparky's uh, too
3: young to know his dad when his dad was in his prime. I but remember his, watching
1: his dad. Maybe not in his prime, maybe at the end of his career, but
3: yeah, he was pretty colorful guy also. Right.
1: Doesn't look Guppy. so colorful anymore. He looks old.
3: That's what happens 60, when yeah. old. I was when you colorful yeah. in my early years too, Sparky. Dude, he looked like,
1: he looks like a tough dude though, man. Guppy? <laughs> <laughs> from what I could see on TV. Guppy ah. was a riot. Oh yeah. yeah. I had him as
3: I had him as a, a pro for the pro am.
1: Really? Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, 93, the last year they came to town under the Miller High Life Classic, right. at celebrity, and Guppy was my my pro. How did so, that go? He's a riot. He's yeah. just he was this nuts. So that quickly that um, that lane condition that they put out, USBC governed for that condition. I, I throw my first ball and try to play second arrow, and the ball falls right off into the right gutter. And uh, I turn around and Guppy's standing right behind me, cracking up laughing. I'm like. How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And he looks at me, and goes, my ball did the same thing the first time I threw it. And, oh, really? And so that's how he kind of broke the ice, right. you know, the whole type of deal, because they were so flooded, so heavily oiled, even on the outside. Right. So he, of course, didn't have the turn on the ball that you needed to, to, to make the ball hook back. And then that, that was pre-resin. Right. So, but no, he's, in his day, was a very colorful,
1: flashy guy. So obviously father's son. son is the same. Yes. Yeah. All right. So. You get uh, Troop and Sanders. Before we get into this, because we r- really haven't talked about this at all, what kind of following does he have when when you were out in Reno, Kyle? Yeah,
2: he's pretty popular with the younger crowd. Is he? Yeah, no doubt about it. He's got the personality. He's he's great talking to people. He's really developed the persona <laughs> pretty well. Pretty well. Um, you no, know, I think his doubles pairing with Jesper and winning the Roth-Holman mm-hmm. doubles back in April in Portland. I think that kind of let more people worldwide see him, you know, with the international, the number of people internationally that know Jesper with the, with the big splash he's made on scene the last couple of years too. Uh, Kyle, and, and Kyle knows how to how to work it. He's got his Team Fish mm-hmm. where it's him and a lot of the younger guys and they promote themselves on their website and they sell merchandise with the f- Team Fish logos on it and stuff like that. Yeah, he's he's, he's he's got it going. He's a smart kid.
1: Okay, but from my perspective, okay. I mean, I've been on a World Series bowling a ton when I was in Vegas, I haven't been to Reno yet, but yeah. there really weren't a ton of huge followers per se back then. Belmo had his, right? Rash had some. Um, and once we get past that, there weren't really huge followings for individual bowlers per se. That's why I was wondering if these young guys now are starting to get, you know, that following of of people that are, you clearly can see they are there for them. Yeah. I mean, if he's got his own line of clothes and what they're promoting, then obviously you can tell, Who's there for him and his guys versus not?
2: And I know Storm's bringing him in for the Wisconsin High School State Tournament in Wausau in March. They're bringing, he's bringing, they are bringing Kyle Troop to the high school state tournament. Beautiful. There's a lot of kids that are looking forward to seeing him there too. That so, is awesome. Yeah, that wouldn't you love to
3: a group of young kids in the crowd with big fros on their head, just a wig? Yeah, That'd be awesome. Sure All like troop, like
1: troop wigs or something like yeah, that. exactly. Why isn't he coming with that? That seems easy money. <laughs> Doesn't that seem easy? It would seem like easy Like, money. just take his hair, put it into a wig, and exactly. sell it? Oh, yeah. Throw that a mask seems... over the front of it? Absolutely. That seems... Have a pick just hanging out for a it? Seems <laughs> brilliant for Troop, no question about it. Uh, so, all right, so he's coming to state tournament. Yeah. Hats. That's a great get right there.
2: Yeah, and then Rhino Page, for the Shawnee Memorial March, Rhino Page is coming to Sheboygan for that one. So that's of, good, too. A couple of good young pros that are coming That these kids will get a
1: chance to interact with in March. Good. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Troop, look, th- there's some things that you like. All right, so you like his hair, right? And among my notes that I got here, the other thing I had was him dancing as they were going in a break kind of. Right. That's good, too. I mean, that's all personality. That's all stuff that, that you want to see. And people yeah. might think I'm overdoing it. But, Dwight, seriously, I mean, that's, that's good for the PBA. You want him. Now you need him to win. But you want him to be like that.
3: The young guys and your kids love it. The old guys probably are like – yeah. Again, the traditionalist probably like over the top, but no, for young demographic, absolutely. Well, how was it over the top? They were just playing music yeah. going into
1: break. That's all it was. He was just he just, wasn't dancing right. just to dance. Kyle being Kyle,
2: yeah, right? Just being nice and loose. I mean, There's right. no use sitting there and well, building up the nerves yeah. between break. Right. Loosen
1: up. Right. Yeah, Toughest I shots
2: always come out of the commercial break for these guys, and we, we actually saw that with Kyle too.
1: Right. I absolutely loved it. Now he throws the first six, and then he comes high. Uh, in the seventh frame uh, and leaves that 10-pin. And that leaves open the door for Sanders, obviously, to get back into it, who wasn't bowling bad either. Never heard of him up to this point. Obviously,
3: you see him every week, and obviously they said he also was up for rookie of the year.
2: Well, yeah, he didn't bowl that many events this year. I think he only had five under his belt before he bowled World Series. He Mm -hmm. won in Memphis with the Billy Hardwick Memorial uh, plastic ball-only tournament that we had on extra frame. And he throw he throws it well, and he had, mm-hmm. he needed a big last game to just make the TV show. Yeah, he shot two sixty seven. Bill O'Neill shot a buck eighty, and they Oof. switched spots in the standings, and and that's where Sanders got it together. And Sanders pretty much had to thank Simonelli and Svensson for making the show because Simonelli and Svensson had started on the pair. Yeah, where Sanders finished for that last game in in qualifying for a world championship.
3: I love the bit where they go and they show the the batch play and. People aren't aware, but, Phil, you see it every week, how it can come down to making that top-five TV. It can come down to the 10th frame, the last ball.
2: There were three guys going for the last spot. I mean, four guys, actually, if you count Rash in eighth. I mean, Rash was up pretty early. He struggled early in that in that 60th game. But, you know, Frankie the had a chance. Bill Niel yep. had a chance, and it ended up being Sanders. And, you know, Sanders took advantage of what was in front of him that last game after Simonelli and Jesper, bowled I, game, you know, they get all that practice. They bowl game one on that pair. Not a lot of other lefties, and then next thing you know, Sanders hits that pair to last game, two sixty, and he makes the show.
3: Yeah, I just like how they show it because it shows you the true grind. I mean, they show more emotion making the TV show than they do when they're on
2: TV. That's why
1: people should be, you know, watch Extra, Extra Frame. Frame but right. that's just my own opinion. That's absolutely right. How's Extra Frame subscription going?
2: Good. Lots of viewers live while we were on uh, from the World Series of Bowling. There's been a lot of people catching the archives too. And that's one thing that we always have with Extra Frame what we're talking about now you can go back if you're a subscriber watch that last round of world championship qualifying you can watch all five of those last games and watch that last game go back and forth and uh it, it was a heck of a time marshall holman on the call for it too so you know you get the of a Hall of Famer. yeah it's really good so yeah if you haven't subscribed to extra frame yet i don't know what anybody's waiting for if you're a bowling fan because yeah. you can watch it anytime you want you don't have to watch it live ESPN yeah. shows, if you missed any of them, they're on there. CBS Sports Network shows, they're on there for the last few years. So
1: That's beautiful. Uh, that? So make sure to sign up for that. Uh, then, like I said, I got confused by what all happened mm-hmm. there in the 10th frame. But they end up having to have the roll-off, and the roll-off is just best ball. That's, that's pretty yeah. much what it comes down to. Troop throws a strike, Sanders throws a seven split, game over, mm-hmm. Troop advances. We've talked about this in the past, but i as also well talk about it again because this isn't the only tie of the TV show. Do you like the format of... Essentially, best ball. Now they would have both thrown strikes. It would have continued on until there would have been a difference. What do you like?
3: I think it's fine. I, I believe that's how it always used to be. Um, I don't what think they have ninth seen... and tenth for quite a few years. Yeah, it was, so it was two a ninth frames. and ten. Yeah, it was okay. Two frames. I'm fine with it. I, I still like the one on one matches, like what they had versus what they did the the previous four shows. No, no, no. Stay
1: focused. We're just <laughs> talking about the roll off. Nobody's talking about the rest of it. Just the <laughs> roll off. You like the roll off. I'm okay with it, yes. You had a way to take a shot at me. That's all it was. (laughs) That's right. I I see it all I have a shot. I'm I'm going to comment Sparky on it. What (laughs) the heck? Okay, Phil, what about you?
2: Yeah, it's perfect. It's (laughs) it's great for TV. It builds excitement. Hey, if you couldn't get done the first 10 frames, that's your own fault. Get it done in one shot.
1: Right. You had the opportunity to win it at that point, Troop especially. Um, It couldn't finish it. So Troop advances, even though they both tied at 248. Troop advances on the roll-off with the strike. And on to match number two, uh, we go. Before we get to match number two, um, you knew about this, obviously, the whole time. And we've seen it before, but we haven't talked about it. Cheerleaders? You you mm. you like the Nevada cheerleaders? Well, initially, I
3: it, it went right over my head when I was watching the show. But it was actually my wife that up. said, really? Cheerleaders? You're going to need cheerleaders? And I'm just like, eh, I'm all right. I kept thinking during the show, what is that crazy fan sound I'm hearing uh, through the speakers, and then I realized it was their little pom-poms that uh-huh. they were shaking. I thought, oh, okay, that's what it is, because I kept hearing. Well, it's got to be distracting to the bowlers. You hear this fan sound going off constantly, but it wasn't. It was it was the cheerleaders' right? pom-poms yeah. shaking back and forth behind them. Right. So yeah. I I don't know. I was okay. How with
2: was that. it received there in Reno? I wasn't I wasn't out there when it was when that when, they when taped that, that one take right. Home. Yeah. So what did you an, think? I was watching an ESPN three with a couple of people while they were taping it, and I've seen it before. Yeah it's it's eye candy my
1: I've had a couple of women go what right oh yeah. they're not gonna like it yeah Th- this is my thing on it I I don't I mean I don't need it that right. I need to be there yeah but if I can incorporate in a college into it and if that helps draw me some college kids out there because you would assume these cheerleaders are telling everybody versus via social media whatever else where they're at, cheerleading, hey, we're doing this PBA event thing, they're taping this week, come on out, see us, uh, and we're going to be on TV, dah, dah, dah. Maybe you drew some extra people to the TV taping by them promoting that they're going to be there. Now, again, I, I understand that that's probably not the main emphasis of it, but when you're out there in Reno, you got to figure out the best way to draw people as possible, and why not have a local tie-in, which I guess is what they decided to do in that situation. I'd love to know if, and we obviously can ask Tom Clark whenever, but if they went to them with the idea or mm-hmm. if they came to the PBA with the idea. It's
2: not the first time that they've had cheerleaders at a PBA event. I know a couple of years ago at one of the Indianapolis events, they had Indianapolis right. Colts cheerleaders there Correct. as well. Mm-hmm. So I would have to say lean towards, I don't know for sure, but I'd lean towards it was a PBA. PBA, idea.
1: reach out, yeah. uh, and then Nevada. And again, if you're in the Nevada cheerleaders, I'm thinking you're down for it. Sure. We're going to be on TV. All right, sure, yeah. we'll do it. We don't know anything about bowling, but we'll come to it.
3: Yeah. Wasn't it? I think late '90s, early 2000s, when Mark Rubridge was in charge, didn't he? Used to have like three really good-looking girls in T-shirts, uh, just on the sidelines. Um, and of course, the camera loved the three of them. Remember, and
2: I don't honestly remember that. Oh, Back I, that I, far, got, I but, got recall on that. Pretty sure that happened. All I remember yeah, is the yeah. days of the constant clapping that I couldn't stand. Yeah, the constant yeah, clapping,
3: yeah. the gold pins. Yeah, you know, it's just another. <laughs> well, it's any way to draw people.
1: To the TV and keep people when they're on the TV, whatever else. Now, I don't yeah. think you're keeping people with cheerleaders necessarily. But, again, if it's a local tie-in and you have the local university promoting that they're cheerleaders you made this event, maybe you draw some college kids. Look, just yeah. because you're in college, you don't bowl on the college bowling team doesn't mean that you don't watch PBA, don't bowl, and didn't bowl in high school or something like that. I wish they just could have showed a little
3: bit more of the crowd above that with the fans that turned out and maybe have some of those guys. Wouldn't that have been great, If again, if you had maybe – Two rows or three rows of fans that had the Guppy Troop froze on, or or more signage, it's, obviously for Swenson or Belmo.
2: It's it's tough with the bowling stadium because where they right, had the L, the seats. The, the, L, the LED screens and everything yes, like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a big wall, and then all the bleachers go up from behind. Them. Right, they're shooting down from the bleachers. Were those, to get those filled for
1: all these TV shows when I we were out there? Don't
2: know. I from oh, when, when I you saw, were out there. Well, no, they weren't filled when we were out there for qualifying. There was a, towards towards the end. There was there were a good a hundred, 150 crowd. people yeah, really. there. That's good. Sure, just yeah. watching the qual just watching the match for, play for that and such. for that
3: because it just seems the dignitaries are the ones that are on the lane side, the sponsors, and yeah. Right, right. right. Mm-hmm. But honestly, at the they're Boeing the ones stadium, that pay the money. I'm assuming,
2: yeah. At the stadium, they should be. I'd rather be up top looking down mm-hmm. than Why? on the side. No, well, it's just a better angle. You get to see what's going on. You get to see the ball motion and all that stuff. Geeking out on it, so. right? Because
3: a lot of the dignitaries on the on the side were clapping when the. Pro left a seven pin or a ten pin because they couldn't see that angle. They yeah. couldn't see if the you know they got it was the a strike. strike or not. Yep, right.
1: Correct. Yep. I get that. All right, take a quick time out. We'll come back. We'll go over the rest of the world championship. But match two feature Troop and Simonelli. Ryan Simonelli in Brunswick. We'll see how that one played out. Coming up next, lane Spare Time Bowling Show here on the fan. Spare time bowling show here on the fan. Steve Sparky, Fiber. Phil Brallo from Extra Frame, PBA.com. If you're on a subscription, go get one. Get all the qualifying and watch it live as it's happening. It's awesome. You'll love it. Although, plus, they have their own Extra Frame uh, tournament schedule as well, right? I mean, it shows that aren't tournaments that aren't on TV throughout the course of the year that are on Extra Frame.
2: Yeah, right now, it looks like we're going to have seven of those coming up in... 2018, so we'll have some good locations like Portland, Maine is going to be uh, some of the stuff off TV. Okay, extra frame only with the main event, uh, best of three bracket matches, 64 guys in a bracket battling it down. It's our version of March Madness. Nice. So it's a lot of fun. I'm glad that events back on the schedule. Uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. There's a great tournament in Lubbock, Texas. Another one, Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh, a couple more, and we wrap the the season in Coldwater, Ohio. Town of 4,000 people. And I think most of them are in the bowling center while we're there. Really? It's insane. 16-lane bowling center. Uh, tough One of the toughest bowling centers. I think these, if you ask the pros, they bowl in all year long because it's so different from lane to lane. And if you come out on top in that cold water event, you've definitely earned it. 16 so, lanes? 16 lanes. And they come out with... A ton of people, a ton of sponsorships. I thought there was a
1: rule that you had to have so many lanes in a bowling center in order to have a PBA event.
2: It used to be that way, but when we were first on a Bayside Bowl, it was only a 12-lane center. Now they have the eight-lane edition where they tape all the ESPN shows. But this event in Coldwater, Ohio, has gone along for quite a long time. It It used to be a Central Region event, and now with the elevation of the Extra Frame Tour, and hopefully Storm will be back with the Storm Cup. Uh, extra frame tour, you can have a national title event in a 16-lane center. And it paid $15,000 for first place last year. It's not bad for a weekend's worth of work.
3: Yeah, Tom told me like 48 lanes was necessary for a PB event. Obviously, that you just said that's changed. So what do they do, have several shifts? Yeah, they can have several. In the middle of the night, or how do they do it?
2: No, they have several shifts. They have three shifts when they're in cold water. Start bowling at about eight in the morning on Saturday. By the time we get wrapped up, it's about uh, midnight to twelve thirty. Oh, look right, at you. Right back at there eight in the morning for match play Sleep on there? Basically sometimes, oh, yeah. Oh my
0: god. Oh
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's one Long thing for days. the bowlers to bowl three shifts. It's a whole nother for Phil, who has to be <laughs>
2: out the air most of the time to sit there and do that thing all day. Oh yeah. Eight A.M. the US prime example, US Open. We had three squads of qualifying because they only used twenty four lanes there. Uh, four qualifying out of a four-lane centers. They kind of made practice pairs this year, changed the format a little bit. And that started at 8 a.m. and by the time we wrapped up every night, it was about 11 p.m. That is a long day. It makes for some long days, but it's, yeah. it's if you're if you're a bowling nut, it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. You yeah, to see a lot of different stuff, and especially when we were at the U.S. Open, everybody complaining about the lofting on the burn squad, guys yeah. lofting at 25, 30 feet on the lane. But I think that's fun to watch because that's a level of athleticism that we can't do that they can. You know, that's why I go watch go to Miller Park and watch guys at home runs. I can't hit a home run, but it's fun watching these guys park one mm-hmm. when they get a hold of one. Absolutely. And it's the same thing with extra frame. We're watching these guys loft the ball 25, 30 feet. I can't do that. It's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So well,
1: The one thing, and it's not going to happen, but the one thing I'd love to see, and I think would really boost extra frame to a, another level possibly, if you mic'd up guys on the extra frame pair per se, if you mic them up so you could hear them talking Qualifying because again, you're on the internet, you're not on TV. So if they f bomb or they do whatever, whatever, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. So, I mean, you would, you, There's would, none of that going you would really get to hear some of the personalities, um, I, on those lanes during extra frame.
2: Well, one of the nice things that we had once again, going back to the World Series of Bowling and our coverage there was during the match play rounds, I was able to sideline report. So, I'm down there talking to guys between games. That's great. You know, talking to Belma, hey, what are you gonna do? Talking to Jesper, what's going on? Now you advanced,
1: now you gotta to go to this round eighth
2: match against so and so. What's gonna be your strategy there?
1: Who's your Greg Popovich of the tour? The ah. guy that just hates doing the, the sideline stuff, gives you like two word answer and walks away. And he's just a complete jerk. <laughs> I
2: really didn't have a lot of that down there. No there was pops, a couple of times. Sir? No, there was a couple of guys. Wes wanted to wait till after it was done just because there was a match going on next to him and he didn't want to say anything that might disturb right. the guys in the match. Uh, but then when we, when that match was done, Wes went. He's usually a pretty quiet guy. He went for five minutes.
1: That's awesome. It mm-hmm. was.
2: It was great. So it's just you know I haven't had the Greg Popovich. When you're on for
1: twenty four hours, you can use five minutes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no doubt. But yeah, I haven't had I haven't had the Greg Popovich yet. I've had some guys go, hey, key, he waits till <laughs> after this is done. That's right. this type of thing. But some of the guys that you think are normally quiet and reserved, like. Like Wes or Jesper, they they give you a minute if they have the time and they feel like it. it
1: was, you know it was what I'm talking good. about? Oh, I sure do. Yeah, he's yeah. such a jerk. But I mean, you know the funniest thing is, uh, I, he's a super nice guy. Huh. Like, and I don't. I, I mean, he just are, hates yeah. that aspect of the game, I guess. So he tends to be a jerk. But like, if yeah. you talk to him like away from media and there's no mics on or nothing else, that dude's super cool. Yeah, super nice
3: guy. One that comes to my mind would be like Tom Dowdery.
2: Oh, Tom's. Uh, Total talking? Total talking guy. Okay. He, likes to, he likes to claim that ratings go up on extra frame when he's on the extra frame pairs. Mm. So he likes to call. You
1: know, he just he,
3: comes across as a,
1: you know, The rebel, reserved. the ladies, man, you know, the ladies yeah. are on, the he ladies all start definitely watching. definitely not quiet, Dwight. <laughs> no. No, that was the one guy that went off about not being selected in PBA league play yes, he, the first right. year. Oh, is he mad? Furious. Yeah. So, yeah, he's not quiet. No, he'll talk about anything. He's you got you want an talk eternal about. flame. Let's just say that. But that's yeah. but that's the drive that you want, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's got that Pro Shop. Didn't he yep. name the Pro Shop ninety nine or something like that, or whatever? Yeah, something like that. From when he, from his game. yeah, right, yeah, right, right, yeah. one hundred. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. so I mean, he, he kind of gets it. All right, back to the TV show, the PBA World Championship. The first match, Troop over Sanders. Even though they tied at two forty eight, he throws a strike. He throws a seven split. So Troop gets to advance. Now it's Ryan Simonelli. Uh, this time, Simonelli throws a seven split uh, there in the fourth frame. But then after five, it's only a two-pin difference. That's all it is. After five frames, you're going, okay, still wide open. And then Troop opens up in the sixth, the light first ball, uh, left seven count, and only got two of the three that were there. Uh, And that was pretty much the the deal where you're going, well, that probably cost him.
2: Well, Troop made that comment to himself, too. Like, uh, can't go on TV without missing a spare. And, you know, missing two of them in the match by the time we got to the 10th frame, totally changed, you know, everything with the match. But – the bowlers got 15 minutes of practice for the TV show. You have one game that bowls before that and you see these guys get totally lost and how fast these guys can change the lanes nowadays. Yep. With this equipment whether they're using urethane like Tripp was doing or whether they're using resin like Simonelli well, was doing and Sanders was I mean mm-hmm. it's it's just amazing how quick these lanes change compared to what you and I and Sparky would see in league where we well, can kind of sit there for half the night before we got to make that two-board move.
3: It, it, it was an ugly match because of the how bad the lanes transitioned. I kept watching it going, well, this is exactly what my master instructor, Mo Pennell says, is you can't out-execute bad ball reaction. But was Randy right? Was it urethane that was just destroying the pattern?
2: Well, because urethane, these balls don't flare a lot, so you, you get a fresh surface on it. it's usually scuffed pretty well to try to get right. grabbed so you're gonna so it takes it off the front part of the lane and right. then because it doesn't flare as much carry down carries down on the back part of the lane and that's what makes these things really squirrely so you see a move like what Kyle tried to do where you move everything left right problem is left. if you miss that shot a little bit to the right never there's gonna come no back chance of it coming back and right. we saw that a couple of times for Kyle yeah
1: and that's exactly what you saw you're right where yep. he was uh, light a couple times uh, throughout the night so not a high scored matchup but Simonelli takes it 193 uh, to 180 over troop. That then uh, brings up uh, the next match, the semifinal match of Jason Belmonte and Ryan Simonelli. We'll talk about that one coming up next. That's the Spare Time Bowling Show here on The Fan. You like Dave Matthews? Got a chance to win Dave Matthews tickets coming up this week on The Fan. Tune in to Chuck and Winkler to find out more about that uh, tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And, of course, we will talk more about the Green Bay Packers because that story just doesn't <laughs> wow. get any different, does it? So now you have yeah. uh, a wide receivers coach they brought in from the Colts. Uh, Joe Philbin is coming back as offensive coordinator, it appears. Uh, and now... A story by Rob Dabowski says they may try and trade for John Schneider, the general manager of the Seattle Seahawks, uh, who they were denied permission to interview. Now, that would also have to mean that John Schneider would want to come back here, which nobody has bothered to think of. Now, again, he's from there. Grew up in the Green Bay area and all of that, right? Packers are his first organization. Seattle is about to go through a rebuild because he hasn't drafted all that well the last couple of years. So, I'll have to wait and see. You guys are on it every day. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm looking. Oh my god! I've and from the outside, why
3: are they not going after Elliot Wolf? Why is this Russ they Ball guy
1: coming up? They interviewed Elliot Wolf. They interviewed John Guncoost. Uh, uh, and Guncoost uh is interviewing today in Houston for the Texans general manager's job. So, uh, Russ Ball is a guy that I was brought in. Crazy enough, uh, from Mike McCarthy. Well, recommended by Mike McCarthy. Who was a, a guy who was in New Orleans uh, with the Saints and Russ Ball? I believe was with the Kansas City Chiefs at one point too, and McCarthy's known Russ Ball for a long, long time. And Russ Ball um, gets along swimmingly well with Ted Thompson, yeah, and even more swimmingly well with Mark Murphy. Mm. So again, now you get your chance to make your first big hire, and you want that guy that you can get along with, work with, and are on the same page with, and that would obviously be Russ Ball now. The whole talent evaluator aspect of it obviously gets brought into question, uh, but if he's got a good you know scouting department around him, that doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest of deals at the end of the day. Uh, Bob McGinn's report uh, originally was that Mike McCarthy was not on board uh, with the Rust Ball hire. Yeah. Then Jason Willey came out and said 12 doesn't like the Rust Ball hire, wouldn't want that hire either. Uh, and now out comes report saying uh, yesterday that, well, that's not true. McCarthy will coach for either, and I said on Friday that don't get this mixed up. Mike McCarthy's not going to quit if they hire Russ Ball as general manager, but he has two years left on his deal. So I think what will occur is after next year, at that point with one year left on his deal, then they're going to have to make a, a, a decision yeah. Yeah. on which way they're going to go. If they don't get along, or if he doesn't like the direction they're going, then he can quit, or Russ Ball can just remove him and tell him, you can go wherever else you want yeah. then. I'm going to get someone here that wants to be here, and you move forward. Now, if they hit the the home run and they get John Schneider, well, that changes everything one more time because now you have a true Italian value. And again, hasn't been all that great in the draft last couple of years, but um, did build Seattle. So if you bring him in, he's totally different than Ted. He's super aggressive in free agency. He's super aggressive in trade Um, character issues. He does not care about Um, not nearly as much as Ted. So it's going to be a, a different type of roster for sure. Um, what no the Green Bay Packers have had in the past, but this is the next guy's dream job, always has been, the Packers. Well, so, and he's a younger guy. He's going to be here forever as long yep. as there's success.
0: And there, you're going to have to
1: have somebody yep. draft a successor to Aaron Rodgers at some point. Yep. He does have Russell Wilson in his back pocket. He failed on all of his other attempts at quarterback in Seattle, but he did get Russell Wilson. So that makes him attractive from that perspective, too. There's there's just a lot to go on A lot here. of angles. A lot of going on. Uh, up in Green Bay, and mm. we'll see how it all plays out. But it's, it's definitely entertaining. They're not in the playoffs, but boy oh boy, they're giving you more than they ever could. Yep. Uh, okay, so uh, back to uh, bowling. It is a bowling show, after all. <laughs> see, it even takes over this. I know. Show. I mean, sorry. that just tells you the power of the Packers. Uh, <laughs> PBA World Championship Match Number Three, the semifinal. Now it's Simonelli and Belmonte, and I'll be honest with you, I was jacked for this one mm-hmm. because I know the the love loss. Uh the Brunswick has for Belmonte, those guys all don't like him. And I well, get I get down with that. I, I understand that. <laughs> Phil's looking at me, I'm looking at him with the same look. Well,
3: um is no longer with Brunswick. Simonelli's with with Moda. Moda. But he was with Rash. Yes. And I doubt DB8. feel I yeah.
1: doubt feelings change. Yeah. Listen, right. when those guys were all together. Those guys, none of those guys, got down with Belmonte. They were their own little. Clip I don't think anyone's. Well, and one thing, and well one okay, thing, <laughs> maybe not. You're right. Maybe not. Maybe there's a b- more than that. Right. And,
2: and one thing that happened at the U.S. Open that if you saw it on extra frame, you didn't see it when it got to TV, is that Belmonte the last round of match play through backup balls. That's what you were telling me. Yeah. Keep. Oh, I play. saw the story. And there that. was a couple. Uh, there were a couple of guys that were furious. Yeah. I don't know. If one of them, Rhino Page, as you know, were saying. One of them was yeah. Rhino Page. Who ended up winning the tournament eventually, but I don't know if Simili is one of those. But yeah, it was not well received by some of the players out there when Belmont was throwing back. It just balls. shows
3: you what Belmo can but do But he was with scoring. All, but though.
2: he was scoring. That's the thing. He's yeah. doing what he can to stay in the tournament. He's scoring. He knew the right side God, I can when do it was anything. burned out. Yeah, and he goes, "Okay, I'm not going to drill up anything new. I'm just going to take what I have in my hand and just throw backup balls <laughs> and start averaging 220. No problem. <laughs> Think about that.
1: Just, just it's, un- just, it's unthinkable. Just if you're listening and you bowl, just. Think about what Phil just said. Yep. So you bowl with this massive hook, and that's what he's got. ton of revs, the whole deal, right? And you're throwing the ball, and you're like, you know what? The hell with this. I'm going to throw back a ball, coming back the other way, and be just as good damn near. That's what yep. he did, right? He made,
2: he made an early run. He fell off towards the end of the block. He got caught with transition because it's something they had never seen. You know, obviously adjusting the transition on the left side, a little different than adjusting on the right. But he came out of the gates well pretty early. And you know, one thing with the difference between what we saw with Belmont twenty sixteen and Belmont twenty seventeen is he wasn't making the mistakes where he was having some tournaments in twenty sixteen where he'd throw a game that was just atrocious. And he'd train wreck for that game and then part of another game and fall behind. And we saw it out here on the TV show where he stayed patient. Yeah. First he did. four frames.
0: Yeah, because he really shaky. didn't have a good look. No,
2: and then he kind of bumped his feet to the right and kind of moved things to the left with his target down lane and straightened things out. And all of a sudden, next thing you know,
3: looked like he threw it harder too. Right. He had, yeah, yeah. I agree he had with Randy he, on that one. Squaring he just, up. Yeah. He had to it with harder. squaring up because I thought Simonelli was just going to run away with the show with the match.
1: Wait, 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 wait. I want I want to go back to this Belmonte thing right. here. This is amazing well, to me. I just I love this. Yeah, but you so, remember when we had
3: Del Ballard on and Ballard said. Belmonte can do anything.
1: Right, but this is this is where I'm going with this. If you're Belmonte's ball rep, coach, whatever you want to call him, and he says to you, you know what? I want to throw a backup. <laughs> what the world do you do at that point? Let him go. you Let just shake go. your head yeah. and, like, whatever, dude, do no. what you got to do? Because there's no way a ball rep would recommend to a bowler to throw a backup ball qualifying for a major tournament. There's not a chance. A, who's going to be able to pull that off? That you would recommend that to, and, and B, what bowler would go along with a crazy idea to begin with? It's it's the talent level. Norm Duke in the at
2: sa- the same time that Belmo's throwing backup balls. Here's Norm Duke playing the twig, playing outside for a second board. And then the next pair jumping in and playing sixth arrow. Mm-hmm. And the next pair moving back out and playing around second arrow. See, regardless it's of what talent. you it's see on TV, level. you have yeah. no, no
1: idea yeah. Yeah. how special some of these guys yeah. are. Yeah. Maybe not yeah. all of them, but the, the, a
3: good portion of them are unbelievable. Yeah. They just truly are. Okay. Well, as much as the proprietors don't care, how many guys in, in a local area are going to be able to master throwing the ball thirty feet on a fly over a gutter capping down the lane?
2: Well, it's condition specific. They don't need to. When you're bowling a house shot here, you don't Correct. need to. You're, but you're, who's going to even himself.
3: practice that though?
2: A couple of guys, but mostly the college kids nowadays. Because when they bowl six, you know, six right. five man team games in a tournament, on they a get fried in a flat pattern. They get yeah. fried out and they got to move that far. But it's the kids. It's not you or I. Yeah. No, he'd kill I mean, you, yeah, you or him. I mean, yeah, I'd be and dislocating me. a shoulder.
1: <laughs> right, absolutely right. Uh, okay, so match three. Simonelli uh, and Belmonte, uh, a- as we said. So I, I was excited uh, for this one. I-, I really was. And Belmonte wasn't striking early, like you said. Um, it was spares, wasn't finding a shot necessarily, and you were just waiting to see what was going to happen. And I'll tell you, through about mm, five, six frames in this match, I didn't think Belmonte was going to come back and win. Yeah. I-, I was watching this, I'm going, I just don't think he has it today. I don't don't think he's going to catch Seminelli. Seminelli looked like the better bowler for a majority of that match.
3: Well, initially it was exactly what he was going through with Kyle Troop. I mean, he was getting the same ball reaction that confused Troop. And then it's just a flip of a switch. Belmo
1: figures it out. And that's what makes Kyle Troop good and makes Belmo great. After Seminelli's first ball in the seventh, with Belmonte still to throw his ball in the seventh, it was plus 33, Simonelli. Mm-hmm. In the seventh, after yeah. Simonelli's first ball in the seventh, it was plus 33. I'm going, it's over. Yeah. It's over. There's not a chance Simonelli's going to screw up that bad to let Belmonte back into this well, thing. Well, I guarantee you the fat lady was starting to warm up, but she wasn't fully seen yet. Well, she was eating. She was having.
2: <laughs> she was eating. She was happy.
1: So then after the first ball in the eighth by, 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 by Belmonte, he closed it to 13. Yep. Yeah. So now it's a 20-pin difference. Uh, and again, we what have happens? Match. You get to the tenth, Belmonte strikes out, and you knew it was That's up amazing. to Simonelli, and you knew there was a problem. And Simonelli throws a ball through the nose. And that was it. Well, Third you, ball in the 10th. He needed to strike out and throws a right. ball through the nose. You watched
2: that 6'10 he left. His follow-through was horrendous. Yeah. Because usually Nerves. he's well right of his face for Simonelli. Yeah. With that follow through. And he almost he pulled whacked it. himself in the nose. Yep. <laughs> yep. And he tried to save it on the <laughs> elbow did. kind of turned early. He tried to save it on the bottom. And he got real lucky it was eight. Yeah. It
1: should have been six. Right. Yep. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So he, he pulls it through the nose, and there was like literally no reaction from Belmonte. Huh. Camera's on. He's just looking at it like, all right, let's go. You just this. can't give Belmonte that kind of opening. Let, let's go throw this roll off. So it's not like either one of them struck either. Belmonte mm-hmm. throws him, nine count. Yeah. So, okay, so I throw a strike. It's over. Yeah. Move on. No big deal. Yep. Choke. Like, well, and that was it. <laughs> and then I, don't I love his—I love his reaction. His reaction—he turned around. What and It was like a shock. He's like, "Huh?" Hey, <laughs> he's asking Belmo, "What happened? Why you woke him up? Why do you look at an opponent Belmonte, and say what happened?" Belmo didn't even acknowledge him. He's like, "Whatever, dude. Get out of here. I, I gotta go get ready." <laughs> I mean. I could not believe reaction. like reaction. Like he saw a ghost. He Shock could not believe awe. it didn't move
2: because <laughs> did, it was so light. He did talk in an interview with yes. Kimberly Pressler that he tugged it four-tenths of a board right. Four-tenths of oh, an inch. But that, I don't yeah. think that was it. If There's no wa- way that's if, all that happened. Wait, if you watch the replay of that last shot for Seminole, mm-hmm. Seminole doesn't use a lot of loft on his shots. Doesn't use a lot. And that shot looked like he set it down before the oil parent starts because if you look at that blue oil – it doesn't start till about 16, 18 inches out on the lane. It doesn't start right at the foul line. It oh, starts he thought, a little bit out there. He
3: thought he aced it.
2: If you set that ball down, what happens if a bowler sets a ball on short, Dwight, and it hits the approach? It's going to check it, early. It, it turns and burns. It burns a lower energy. Right. These guys are bowling so hard and so fast with the revs. He gets that ball to change its axis a little bit early. It, yeah. It's not going to react like he thinks it's going to react.
3: Well, the thing that went through my mind right away, Phil, and you know this obviously is: there's been probably many times in league or tournament that you thought you've made a good shot and ball didn't end up in the pocket. And, and I think that's just what happened.
2: A lot of times, people set a short, though. When that happened, I mean, I've had teammates tell me, "Oh, you set that one short." Short, yeah, because you're. It's going to change how you hit, you I, hit a little bit of a burnout on the lane. Yep. It, it sparks or in your. As a bowler, your eyes don't pick that up. Your Not eyes don't pick there, up the first five, six, seven feet of the lane. Right,
3: there was just so much on that shot. That's the thing. I mean, he moves on if he strikes there, and he thought he aced it, yeah. as he kept saying. You know, so it was it was a total shock moment for him. But in my career, I
1: remember throwing a lot of good shots, and it didn't end up in the pocket. There was one other thing that happened um, that I didn't write down, and I should have wrote down. And I was just looking to see if there were seminal quotes in the PBA story, which uh, there aren't. Um, the Belmonte finger grip coming out. Yeah, uh, and that match too. Yep. Um,
2: how, no, that was the final.
1: Was it the final the match final that it came out? out. Yep. Yeah. So uh, that's not very common, is it? I mean, no. I had it happen on one of my balls, but that ball's like twenty years old, so that's expected. But yep. not in a not a TV show. Aren't those all brand new balls? Well, no,
3: not that. No, yeah. They're using crazy glue on top of it to hold it in, uh, so there, it could be a loose pilot hole. You might have had tape wrapped around it. It looked like. There was tape around the grip, and maybe it just wasn't glued it. very good. Didn't really matter, but, but. you got to remember they're also putting 650, 700 revs on the ball. So you're,
1: right. I mean, they're getting a lot of torque off their fingers. Yep. Yeah. No. But no. I've
3: never seen it on TV. no. I've never
1: seen it on TV. No. All right. So the championship match is coming up. Uh, so what, yeah. what ends up happening is uh, Belmonte wins on a roll off. That's the second roll off of this TV show, and like we, all of us, all three of us said, we've never seen. Two ties in no. one TV show. Yeah. Nonetheless, two roll offs in one TV show. All right, coming up next, it's Fenson and Belmonte. Uh, Fenson uh, showing a little bit of emotion again uh, in this one. Not a ton, but a, a little bit before uh, the match started. And Belmonte, oh buddy, when this one was over, he was fired up. Well, this is the match that I think every bowling fan wanted to see at the end, right? Yep. Sean who uh, back after this <laughs> on the Castleville <laughs> Spare Time Bowling Show. <laughs> SLA Spare Time Bowling Show. Steve Sparky, Fiver. Phil Brilow, Extra Frame, PBA.com. Get your subscription today. Dwight Albright, Spare Time Pro Shop in New Berlin. Anything new going on over there? What's the hot ball that's uh, flying off the shelves? Well, we have our February release coming. Oh.
3: And we are going to have Sean Morris on from Ebonite soon, too. uh Obviously, we're going to have a ball raffle. And uh, all the manufacturers, Sparky, are coming out now with their tournament balls third release of the season so it, it always goes uh august november november to february right february to april and april we're done but now i heard oh boy from the, at least the manufacturers we carry about 15 16 new balls just for the last three months of the year for tournament season oh wow that's
1: so, great yep. so you got a lot going on over there oh yeah all right so uh, we get to the uh the finals the tv finals now here uh for the pba world championship tv show that was uh for the pba last week uh, and it's Svensson and Belmonte, and I think we all agree, this is the match that everybody wanted to see. Before this thing started, you wanted to see the young gun. God, Belmonte, I got to say Belmonte's old, I I guess. I mean, in comparison Dependient to Svensson. Yeah. yeah, compared to Svensson, I guess he's he's the old dog in this whole thing. Svensson didn't exactly start off the way he wanted to in the first frame. Seven split gets a couple, um, and it's nine. But then he strikes uh, uh, going forward from there, from the second to the seventh. Uh, he gets on a roll. Belmonte throws the first three, leaves a 10-pin in the fourth, um, and then in the f- sixth frame comes back, uh, throws the ball light, uh, eight spare, and that same lane comes back in the eighth frame, light again, eight spare. That that was giving him issue.
2: Well, Belmo even talked about it where he's like he wasn't getting out of the shot well. He was getting, he was getting the elbow a little early. He said, get up the back of the ball. Mm-hmm. As soon yeah, as you start to get a little side yeah. rotation for it, it's going to skid long, especially with that urethane. And you could see the difference between the two shots he had in the 6th and the 8th and how he posted and held that follow-through on the mm-hmm. shots later on in the match. That 8th right. frame shot got him to And realize, that's the
3: thing we were talking about last week, Sparky, when you were talking about Belmo and some of the changes that he's made physically in his game right, over the years.
1: Absolutely. Uh, ninth frame, uh, Svensson, light. Uh, and the ninth he ends up with uh, a 9 spare there. Um, and, and, you know, you look at this, and, and they're going— Back and forth it goes. Belmonte gets a strike in the ninth frame to take advantage of that. Now it comes back to Svenson in the tenth. He really needed to string all three, to be honest with you, yeah. to, to really close out Belmonte and not have to worry about it. He throws uh, a shot and leaves a seven pin. I don't think it was a bad shot. Just the
2: overcorrection off the six pin. The, he had back-to-back six pins. Right. Yeah. Seven, eighth, and it's just the, the different correction. Wrong guess.
3: Yeah, I think – Randy was 100% spot on. Again, I think, again, when you make that adjustment with urethane, you move a half board or a quarter board left or right, the, just like Phil says, you get it a little out to that spot, it ain't going to come back. Right.
1: With urethane. Maybe yeah. it could with resin. Well, I, I agree with you on that. And th- that's the other thing about this whole deal um, is when you talk about um, corrections and ball reps and coaches – it really can be just this little minute thing that if you would have done just this thing different or opposite of what you did, you carry that seven. I
2: think casual fans sometimes don't get to see how good these guys actually are because if they they, especially don't. league bowlers, because you get used to a league condition, and some guys think, Oh, I can do that. And then, you know, I, 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 I'm glad this year for the Chris Paul Invitational, it's going to be on Blue Oil because these people are going to see what a house shot looks like because the Chris Paul shot's always on a house pattern. Mm-hmm. It's actually named the Chris Paul pattern. Now there's actually a tournament on the PBA mm. tour this year. Eventually it's going to use it as well. I can't say anything about it yet, sure. but can you mentioned these pros on a house shot and what they're going to score. Yeah. And so, and that's the thing. A lot of urethane again. Yeah. And with, uh, with these, with the, with as tough as these patterns are, I think the casual fan doesn't realize how good Belmo. Well, it's interesting because, be.
1: you know, we were talking about that urethane deal uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Belmonte's quote in the PBA story uh, The traffic of the traffic of urethane balls Jesper and Kyle were using laid down in oil trade that made reading the progression difficult. You can usually see early telltale signs, but not this time. It got to the point I didn't know what to do. Yeah, they were confused. I mean, that is crazy. Well,
3: the the match, the show that uh, Liz Johnson won was on Chameleon, and that shot held up all. Three, two games or three, right. the three okay, games.
2: Look at the different ref <laughs> rates. Different reb
3: and they were throwing reactive. Right.
1: Right. All right, so you get a seven-pin uh, spare and a strike for Svenson in the 10th, and you could tell by this dude's body language he knew he was over. And you, He knew he was probably done. Yeah. He was sitting there. He was kind of slouched with just a frustrated look on his face like, there's no way he's going to screw this up. Melmonte throws the first one. He needs a second one, and it's over, and he buried it. And it was over. And Belmonte uh, goes on to win that one against Svensson, 238-225. to Uh, And Belmonte said this, In the last frame, needing two strikes to win after not striking on that lane the previous three attempts, I made two of the best shots I've ever thrown in my life. It was a good guess, and even better execution. After Jesper left that seven pin, I knew all I had to do was throw one more great shot, Belmonte said. I never think I've won until I look up and see mathematically I've won.
3: Yeah, he posted that shot so beautifully and held the his finish just gorgeous under that kind of pressure, and that's what makes him so great. Is So good. Under that pressure. Phil, I had a question for you, though. You're out there so much. Why does uh, Swenson uh, use KT tape on his opposite bowling hand? Two weeks in a row I've noticed that, and he even winced at his right hand during that match. Um is that from the two-handed release and and cupping and uncupping? Even though he does it all, the throwing with the left
2: hand. Well, if you notice with the tape where it rests on the ball, yeah, it helps the ball not slip. Okay. So because he so he doesn't
3: have it on for injury because he, he has his whole hand and wrist correct. covered. I'm just was wondering. Obviously, it, when he winced, it looked like he was in pain and yeah. with his right hand.
2: Yeah. No, it's it's just right. It's just to help him. You know, when he's holding on the ball, he's got the ball in front. His wrist right there rests on top of the bowling ball. Okay, so that way it doesn't slide around. Uh, because I know he's tried to use stuff on his left arm as well mm-hmm. to keep the ball from slipping. And so it's just mainly yeah, it's grip purposes. Not yeah. that he's
3: fighting an injury or Correct. something. Okay,
1: yeah. Uh, some more stuff uh, from this PBA. So I really got a couple minutes left here. Uh, Bell Biden said that's going to go down as one of the most exciting shows in a long time. Velmonte, who added the PBA World Championship to his collection of major titles that includes two PBA Tournament of Champions, two PBA Players' Championships, unprecedented four United States Bowling Congress members' titles. At age 34, he's a U.S. Open title away from the PBA Triple Crown uh, and the Super Slam, the Grand Slam, plus the Players' Championship.
2: And you know who else in their career never won the U.S. Open? Greatest of all time, Earl Anthony.
1: Really? Never yeah. won a U.S. Open. Only player to win three majors in one year. Yep. He's gonna, he'll win the U.S. Open. Not even, not even think. he's going to win it before it's over.
2: And right now with players, I, I did these stats last night, players with more than 125 PBA tour events in their career, Belmo is the highest winning percentage. He's winning 11.6% of his events. Yeah, and runaway
1: for from player of the year. He has that to get just, it from the voters. That is just crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right, that will do it. Uh, PBA back on TV again today. Yeah, round two. Uh, as well, noon uh, kickoff for this for the uh, World Bowling Tour women's and men's finals coming up at noon today. Check that one out. Thanks so much for listening. It has been the Castle Lane's spare time bowling show. Quickest hour on radio. <laughs> Bye-bye.